What is art? Art is... Art is history. What is art? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, this is Art Uncovered. Art is our art collective is, cultural history. Uh, a weekly podcast that brings you interviews with an eclectic mix of artists and creators. Art is... Disappointing your parents. I'm your host, Kimberly. Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Before we get into this week's episode, I just have a quick announcement. Um, So some of you may have heard that in recent months I obtained full ownership of the Art Uncovered podcast, which is super exciting. We now have our own URL, www.artuncoveredpodcast.com, and there you can listen to both current and past episodes. I promise over the next couple of months, I'll be updating those older links. So if you're an artist who I interviewed prior to September of 2021, please be patient. Uh, But yeah, overall, we're super excited about the move forward with this podcast. In coming months, I'm going to be building a YouTube channel where you can watch a video recording of selected conversations. And another added feature is the sharing of handmade, hand-built, handcrafted Spotify playlists that is made of music mostly from emerging artists. Um, Each of those playlists will be based on a certain theme, and this month's playlist is already live on our website. And the theme of this playlist is America, and it includes music by Ezra Furman, Bill Callahan, Azim the Artist, and more. So yeah, make your way over to artuncoveredpodcast.com. Lastly, you'll notice there a donate button on the right-hand side of the screen. Any amount that you could afford will be graciously accepted. Uh, I promise all funds will go right back into ensuring the continuation of Art Uncovered. All right, everyone, that's enough for now. Let's get into this week's episode. Remember jumping off the bridge on the west side. Welcome back. I'm so excited to bring to you all this week a conversation with a familiar voice. Um, This week I interviewed the wonderful Tootsie Warhol, who is a New York-based Iraqi-American artist and activist. He has degrees from University of Virginia and Brooklyn Law School. You may remember Tootsie from a conversation back in 2020. Uh, He performed the persona of Donald Trump, and largely his work is inspired by a meeting he once had with Donald Trump to discuss voter suppression in 2017. He brings comedy and politics to audiences, performing as a satire of personalities such as Donald Trump and, as we will soon hear, Michael Jackson. Stay with us. Welcome back, listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Art Uncovered. This week, I am so excited to be here with an old friend, Tootsie Warhol. Tootsie, it is so good to hear your voice again. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure to be back on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, so if you are a frequent listener of this podcast, um, you may recognize Tootsie's voice from a previous episode that we recorded. I think it was a couple of 
weeks, if not days, before the 2020 election. Um, and we spoke yeah. to Tootsie in persona of Donald Trump. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to play for you all a couple of seconds from that interview. People, they love me so much, they come up to me, and some people, they go, Mr. Warhol, I can't even vote for you. I'm a tourist. I'm just visiting here from Guatemala. And, but they want to vote for me because the people love Tootsie Warhol, and I'm a man of the people. But I'll tell you, Kimberly, but as we get nearer to the election, and I've had such tremendous numbers in the polls. Early in the summer, I was doing tremendous in the polls. Now the polls are shifting away from me. It's tightening. And but so what I'm telling my people is that we're talking to the Biden people and I very may well be endorsing Joe Biden. That was one of my favorite episodes of Art Uncovered Tootsie. Um, thank you so much again for that conversation and for talking with us today. Um, so today we're going to talk about a new body of work of yours, um, and it is a an ongoing performance titled Michael Jackson, So Bad It Hurts, um, which to my understanding, it's a protest against the Michael Jackson musical that is currently on Broadway. That's correct. I first took an interest to Michael Jackson in 1988. I was very fortunate at the time I was only three years old and I went to my very first concert so it was a huge deal for me to go see him on the bad album tour and I had the little kids t-shirt the glove the booklet mm -hmm. the posters the the cassette tapes the CDs everything I became a super fan of Michael Jackson and uh, I spent decades idolizing him until I saw leaving Neverland and if you haven't seen it I strongly recommend it this is a four-hour documentary on HBO with subsequent interviews by Oprah. Mm -hmm. uh, and my heart burst into pieces when I felt the when I even began to understand the pain that the survivors are still feeling today. Um, and it made it very, and I believe them and they seem very credible to me. And also I've seen everything on the other side of the argument. Uh, I used to impanel juries as a prosecutor. So I have a, a good deal of experience in terms of sorting through evidence and understanding whether or not someone is guilty or not. Mm. And, there, and there's no question in my mind, um, based on the evidence that I've seen on both sides, um, that Michael Jackson is not a person that we should be continuing to celebrate. Mm. And what was that like emotionally for you, having been such a big fan and then seeing the reality of who he was? It's, 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 it's very hard. Uh, and everybody has an emotion. A lot of people have an emotional attachment to the music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I've spoken to a lot of people who said that they didn't want to watch that documentary because it's difficult. Uh, I said, you know, it, it is difficult to watch, but it's a lot more difficult to be abused by someone. So I think you owe it to the survivors to understand what they've been through. And trust me, sitting there on your comfortable couch is not nearly as difficult as maybe being a in a room with an adult who can control and do terrible things to you. So mm -hmm. I think we owe that to, to the survivors. You know, it's a painful experience for me, much like going to a Holocaust museum just this week. I mean, I don't know what the hell Whoopi Goldberg said about the Holocaust, ridiculous things, but it's important to understand the Holocaust, which I guess she didn't, um, to go to a Holocaust museum from time to time, even to take school groups to them. Mm -hmm. It's not a fun experience. It's painful, but it's important.
Uh, and if we don't do that, we forget all of the, th the, the terrible things that we've learned throughout humanity. Before we continue this conversation, Tootsie, I just want to make sure or ask if you have any disclaimers that you want to make before we get deeper into this. Thank you, Kimberly. Yes, you know, I'm a former lawyer myself, so I just want to make the uh, sort of uh, required uh, disclaimer that Michael Jackson's lawyers deny all allegations that he sexually abused children. Mm -hmm. And we don't believe it. I don't believe that. He does pay the lawyers. His estate <laughs> does pay the lawyers to say that. But no, I don't believe that. Yeah. We were speaking off air a little bit there that um, it was important for you to see the show um, in order to make work in protest of it. Can you tell us a bit about your thoughts on the the Broadway musical? Yes, I, I was not happy to see it but i felt that I, I had i had a responsibility to see this show and i saw it the first week that it began previews um and i can definitively state that this is this show is a one-sided propaganda tool it is produced for profit by michael jackson's estate and it is and a number of reviews today i'm very happy to report are reporting that this show is intended to brainwash you into believing that michael jackson is innocent of any terrible allegation and that he is in fact a victim of media attention um, rather than a monster on the scale of R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, or Jeffrey Epstein. Do you feel like the show is um, kind of out of touch with contemporary conversations or dare I say tone deaf? Absolutely. It is out of touch. It is tone deaf. It reminds me of in 2018, I think they opened a brand new, you know, $50 million Playboy Club on 42nd Street, just as the allegations of Harvey Weinstein and all of these terrible Me Too uh, abusers were coming out. And it was completely out of touch with, what, with what's going on in society today. And this feels like the exact same thing. Thankfully, that Playboy Club only lasted a few months, despite huge marketing and investment. And maybe MJ the Musical will have a, a similar fate. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm curious because the opening was just, was it yesterday or two days ago? Just this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the official opening was yesterday. Yeah. Do you have any predictions for maybe how how it's going to unfold? I, I just want to make it very clear to people that if you're supporting this show, then you are not supporting the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement mm -hmm. is about hearing survivors of abuse, especially at the hands of powerful people, and giving deference to their story, because it's hard to speak out, and it's painful to speak out, and in most of these cases, they're not making this stuff up, mm -hmm. right? So if you, if you were there and you were protesting Brett Kavanaugh at his Supreme Court hearing and saying, I believe Dr. Ford, then you can't just go and say, well, I believe Dr. Ford, but no, for Michael Jackson, I love his music so much, I'm just going to go support him, and I don't care about his survivors. You can't do that. So I think there are a lot of people there who are showing up, and um, they put on that, that face that they stand with women and survivors and things like that, maybe in the office, and that night they're going and doing this kind of a thing. Um, and uh, it, it amazes me that mm -hmm. that... that there, weren't, there hasn't been a more vocal um, grassroots response. There's been a big response in the press that this show is a joke, that it is 
painting Michael Jackson as a victim when God, oh my God. that's the last thing, that's the last thing he was. But, um, but that I, I've, I've been to protests for George Floyd. I've been to protests for women's rights. I've been to protests for the environment with thousands, with tens of thousands of people in New York city. And none of them were showing up at this show. So wow. I'm, you know, it's 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 disappointing. I know we have the activists and the people who care about progressive issues in New York City, but I'm surprised that they haven't showed up to the show. Yeah. Do you think part of that is maybe like a respect for his music? Um, and I, I guess like what I want to get to with that question is um, to touch upon this like common argument that we hear that we should separate an artist from their work. Um, yeah, do you think maybe people's love of his music is what's preventing them from seeing who he really was? Yeah, I, I think you're touching on it there. I think it's hard for a lot of people to, uh, when they become so emotionally attached to an artist's work or a, mu a musician's work, uh, to tear that all down. I've done it. I blocked R. Kelly on my Spotify. I also blocked Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do that. Uh, but um, the, the, a number of the reviews today coming out rightfully acknowledged that one of them said this show literally seems like it was written by Michael Jackson's lawyers and it was approved by his lawyers because it is produced by his estate. And the argument that Michael Jackson's lawyers make in the show is that you need to separate the art from the artist. Mm. So that is the, if that's the argument that one of the most strongly accused child sex offenders lawyers are making then you have to pause and say, am I going to believe just them or am I going to believe, you know, in justice and or, or in accountability, mm. right, which are important things in today's society. So, no, I don't think that you can separate an artist from from the art and it doesn't happen that way. You know, and in many of these instances, whether it's R. Kelly or Harvey Weinstein, we are seeing that the artist is um, using their their business and their money and their power and their influence to then do the abuse, to have lawyers, to have payoffs, to have ways to manipulate the media, to have paid advertising things against the victims, to intimidate them. And that's the problem. Hmm. And, we, and we're just grappling with these, so many of these legacies right now. We just convicted R. Kelly and Jelaine Maxwell in New York City in recent months. They're both awaiting sentencing, sitting in jails, and then they're they're putting a brand new musical celebrating the great and wonderful life of Michael Jackson on Broadway. And I think one of the one of the reviews of, of the show said, I can't believe whoever wrote this show. It a very reputable it was the, either the New York Post, I think, said, I can't believe who wrote this gleaming show about Michael Jackson. I can't wait until they write the next show about the great and wonderful life of Harvey Weinstein. Wow. That was, that's from wow. that's from a major news story today. So that's mm. how that's how out of whack this show is. Mm. Mm. So we should not go see it. No, you should not. You, there are great shows. I, you know, the problem is we have a, I see a lot of nine and ten year olds there. A lot of them are young boys coming to the show, mm. and this may be their first. Maybe th their parents couldn't have a tough conversation with them. They're too young to talk about abuse. So then this is their first exposure to really Michael Jackson in a formal setting for a number of hours that's just dedicated to him. And the show is one-sided propaganda that says he's a victim, he's innocent, it's all lies, it's all rumors. And so then they go, well, that's 
maybe they don't understand that it was produced by his lawyers and his estate. And so then they this this is how they start to understand Michael Jackson's legacy instead of the hard truth, which is a lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's really looking to to take the new generation who doesn't even really understand Michael Jackson yet and groom them. I mean, to use some of the sick words that are part of this legacy mm-hmm. and um, groom them into believing what they want you to believe. It's not mm-hmm. a piece of journalistic integrity that examines the complexities. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit about what your performance, your protest performance? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What what does that look like? So I'm I'm, I'm out there. I'm I'm dressed in the essentially a satirical Michael Jackson bad iconic outfit. And you know, as you mentioned, I think the performance is Michael Jackson so bad it hurts. And so many of these words that were part, big part of his music, dangerous, bad. They really ring differently to me now in 2022. And, uh, you know, look, the, the show does not want to have any conversation about the very substantiated allegations of child sex abuse. And I think that you have to have that conversation. You can't spend two and a half hours and hundreds of dollars of your evening in 2022 after we've been through the Me Too movement, after we've you know seen the world change so much, a pandemic, George Floyd. You can't rewind and go back in time. This show literally is set in the year 1992. It pretends that nothing has happened since the year 1992. And I'll tell you a fun fact that in 1993, child sex abuse allegations started surfacing about Michael Jackson. So what a convenient year for them to place this time capsule show. And then one of the reviews said they actually play several songs from 1995. And the review said, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't pretend the show is set in 1992 and then start playing songs from beyond that. So it's really a a ridiculous show. But I'm out there with a poster with a sign that says, if Michael abused your child, your boy, would you still see his show? It's a yes or no question. And I'm engaging audiences who are going to see the show. I'm engaging you know, seamless and Uber delivery people. I'm engaging taxi drivers. I'm engaging other just passersby going to an Irish pub or the police officers who are protecting that block. Uh, Michael Jackson, everybody understands Michael Jackson to a degree and, and, and knows his music and his legacy still touches a lot of people today. So um, it's really a broad conversation that you can have with almost anyone on this planet and it's an important one to have Hmm. has anyone refused like bought tickets saw your performance and then turned away (laughs) i i can't i can't say that uh explicitly oh i wish that that was an anecdote that would really that would be that would be an interesting uh and maybe satisfying experience but what i can tell you is is that uh a number of people for example last night they get free tickets to see the show some of them are super fans. Some of them are connected to Michael Jackson's, you know, legacy or estate or whatever. But some of them are journalists. Some of them are people in the industry. And a, a number of them came out to me last night and said, I appreciate what you're doing. They're there on opening night. But they had to see it because, you know, they know somebody who, who did the dance moves for the show. So they said, all right, I'll go see it. But they know that Michael mm-hmm. Jackson is not a great guy that we should mm-hmm. be celebrating as a hero anymore. And, and, I, and I appreciated them acknowledging that. And, you know... We've been talking about monuments, 
for years, even before George Floyd, but it's become particularly important after George Floyd. And just in the last two months, we've taken down monuments of Thomas Jefferson in New York City City Hall and Theodore Roosevelt at the Natural History Museum with dozens of articles written about them because those statues and those people had complicated legacies that were not palatable in 2022. And those are important conversations to have. Mm -hmm. So erecting a brand new gleaming show about Michael Jackson in 2022 is like putting them a huge monument to him on Broadway. I mean, they want this thing to run for 30 years, you know, and be a cash cow for his estate. You can't do that. These things are different in 2022. You can't just even put up a statue of Thomas Jefferson now. It is not 1992. It's not 1792. So you are dressed up as Michael Jackson, yeah? Outstanding outside yes. the, the show? Yes. Um, so yes. this is very much in the likeness of what you were doing when you were portraying Donald Trump, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious if, uh, like, are you done with Donald Trump at this point? You know, I wish I could say that, that in terms of my artwork, I was done with Donald Trump. If anyone wants to hear an interesting story, definitely listen to the last episode. Mm -hmm. I actually met with Donald Trump five years ago when I was working as an attorney to discuss civil rights. And it was a very important meeting that changed my life. But no, I'm still keeping one eye on Donald Trump. And I wrote an, uh, an op-ed uh, in the A-Line Journal, which is a very scholarly journal with lots of professors and PhDs who write for it. And it said, Donald Trump is still a threat to our democracy and artists should not back down. Wow. And I knew it when I saw January 6th happen right before my eyes, one of the darkest days in our country's history, that this was a disaster and I could see exactly what Trump was doing. And it's still front page headlines every day, uh, even in recent weeks, over one year later, as they continue to peel that onion. Um, how badly it stinks, how much he was looking to do anything, um, even illegal things, to continue his power. And, um, and yeah, I, I've seen a lot of artists just, you know, say, Woo, we're done with that, thank you, and go on back to, you know, Netflix or Twitter or whatever. But I'm still doing um, activism, and, uh, and I still believe he's a great threat to our democracy. So yeah. stay tuned for more. Yeah, that, wonderful. Yeah. And how can listeners find out more about you and your performances and your activism. Thank you, Kimberly. So, I mean, first thing, make sure you follow Kim E. Ruth 218, <laughs> who's a great artist and educator and podcaster. Um, maybe Thank the you, next Jesse. Joe, she might be the next female Joe Rogan, but she's only going to do <laughs> accurate information, right? So, but I hope they pay, pay her a hundred million dollars because she does amazing work. But, um, but also follow, uh, I think it's a new handle uh, for the podcast, Art, on, uh, Art, under uh what do you call it art underscore or uncovered underscore podcast exactly type art uncovered podcast and it's going to basically come up uh follow that and then please uh, i appreciate your support especially if you support the me too movement it's not you know who who would argue with that you know mm -hmm. if you're if you're a progressive person if you support mm -hmm. the me too movement then you cannot support mj the musical and please support tootsie warhol at tootsie warhol ny on everything twitter tiktok instagram everything wonderful tootsie warhol ny mm -hmm. tootsie warhol ny listeners please follow like and share tootsie it was so good to hear your voice again and um yeah listeners please i encourage you to listen to our episode from a few years back it was 
one of my favorite episodes I've ever published on this podcast, and I've been doing this podcast since 2010. Um, and it is funny, it is informative, and yeah, I think your your work and your brain are brilliant. Uh, so thank you again for making the time for us here on Art Uncovered. Thank you, Kimberly. It's a pleasure. Remember jumping off the bridge on the west side. All right, listeners, that's all for this week. Be sure to tune in next week as I will be speaking with Charlotte Wolf, a visiting assistant professor of studio art at Kenyon College in Ohio. Charlotte makes work about the infrastructure of family, home, and body from a queer Southern perspective using photography, archives, and the internet. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, bye-bye. A casualty of love we bring It's okay, baby, just breathe